Good morning, this is Dr. Dan Guerra. Come to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios. Today is the 18th of September, 2021. And I want to cover an aspect of the immune system. Um, this will be working in conjunction with the video lectures I've initiated to close out our general major discussion of aging in humans. So this will be a good corollary or tributary to that video lecture. Uh, so let's get right into that material. All right. Now, again, Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry, and you've already heard the date. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a paper published in Nature Immunology about three years ago. And I'll put the show notes, of course, the reference. Remember that macrophages, which are part of the innate immune system, can be roughly and generally classified into either inflammatory, that is pro-inflammatory, or anti-inflammatory, which I would actually call more like regulatory when you get into the molecularity of it. Now, the inflammatory macrophages differentiate in response specifically to microbial and tumor antigens and interferon gamma, as it turns out, which of course is a pre-secreted pro-inflammatory cytokine. And what, the, what these inflammatory macrophages do to, once they differentiate because of antigens presentation uh, and also because of interferon gamma, they will start producing pro-inflammatory cytokines at the site of a nascent infection or indeed at a cancerous <laughs> lesion. Now, anti-inflammatory macrophages in opposition will differentiate via signaling by glucocorticoids like cortisol or indeed by anti-inflammatory presynthesized or so-called type 2 cytokines. These include IL-4, IL-13, and IL-10. Now, those three cytokines also promote and control T helper 2 cell lineages of the acquired immune system. These, of course, are T lymphocytes. And what these anti-inflammatory macrophages do in conjunction with Th2 is they will mediate tissue remodeling, wound healing, and they'll also, because they're working through the T cells and because they will work as a back channel to the pro-inflammatory macrophages, will modulate the immune response. Now, in look at 4 and look at 13 drive anti-inflammatory macrophage polarization. And they do it through the IL-4 receptor, the IL-4R alpha in particular. And the anti-inflammatory polarization is actually promoted by an activation of several master regulators within the cell. <clears throat> These include the signal transducer and activator of transcription 6, that's STAT6, and the cripple-like factor 4, or KLF4, and, of course, one more really important uh, protein, the interferon regulatory factor 4, or, or IRF4. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of the detail here. When you have an antigen-presenting cell uh, presenting at the level of a uh, MHC class 2 uh, uh, receptor-mediated uh, presentation of antigen, 
you're going to be increasing the concentrations of interleukin 12 and 18 from that APC. And all of that is going to trigger an induction of the T cell because that MAC class two presentation of the antigen will then react and bind with the T cell receptor, TCR. There's another interaction between the antigen presenting cells, B7 plasma membrane component and the CD28, which is the co-adapter co-activator of these T cells. And these would be naive CD4 positive T cells to be specific. Now, once that happens, once the antigen present presentation occurs in the presence of interleukin 12 and 18 and through that MHC class 2 through the TCRs I just mentioned with some kind of specific antigen, that naive CD4 uh, positive T cell will now also secrete interleukin 12 and interferon alpha. That will ultimately then allow this T cell to differentiate where STAT4, which is a transcription factor, will be expressed, T-BET will be expressed, and the IRF1 will be expressed. This will then allow this cell, in conjunction with coactivation with interleukin-12 through the interleukin-12 receptor beta, which is on the surface of the T cell, this will be now maturing into a Th1 lineage. And what that Th1 lineage is going to generate is more interferon gamma, interleukin-2, which you know acts as a growth factor, and TNF beta, tumor growth factor beta. Now, if you think about the same thing for the Th2 cell lineages, once again, you're starting with an antigen-presenting cell. It's now interacting again uh, with uh, B7 and with MHC class 2, presenting that antigen, presenting that B7 uh, to the CD28 of the naive CD4 T cell. But this is in the presence of interleukin-4. <laughs> now what will happen is the naive CD4 T cell will also put out interleukin-12 and interferon alpha. And in fact, interferon gamma will block this. So remember, interferon gamma was secreted by Th1, remember? So that very interferon gamma would actually block Th2 differentiation at the level of maturation to the full Th2 lineage. Now, if you do not have enough interferon gamma to block and interleukin 12 interferon alpha function to um, cause this uh, naive CD4 positive T cell to fully differentiate, into TH2, it will react uh, with interleukin-4 at the interleukin-4 receptor. This will then turn on the STAT6 pathway, and its expression will be partially controlled by the GATA3 transcription factor and also by CMAT. Now, these TH2 cells will secrete themselves interleukin-4 so that means they can autocoid stimulate the pathway. Interleukin 5, 10, and in fact, also interleukin 13. Okay? So that's some discussion of antigen presentation in Th1 versus Th2. Let's get into more detail here. <clears throat> Th2 cytokines are, first of all, interleukin 4. And, and interleukin 4 regulates antibody production for B cells, hematopoiesis, and in fact, inflammation. 
It also promotes the differentiation of naive helper T cells into the TH2 cell lineage, which I just went through. And in fact, it back channels decreases the production of Th1 cells because they're looking for inhibits that differentiation. Th2 cytokines also include IL-10. That inhibits actually the synthesis of Th1 type cytokines, which include interferon gamma and interleukin-2. And so this will then go on, this interleukin-10, through this subtle regulation, it will inhibit antigen-presenting cells, full stop. So this is another feedback mechanism. It, uh, Th2 cytokines also include interleukin-8 that promotes neutrophil chemotaxis and degranulation, which basically means activation. And it will actually promote tumor angiogenesis, which is kind of an interesting thing. But think about when tumor angiogenesis is activated, it allows for new vascular beds to open up. And yes, then the movement of innate and acquired immune cells in there to, with the potentiation of destroying the tumor lineage, right? It seems kind of ironic or pseudo-paradoxical to think that interleukinate would promote uh, angiogenesis in the tumor, but remember that opens up an avenue to destroy the tumor. That's the point there, I think. Um, likewise, TH2 cytokines, I'll close with just with interleukin-13. <clears throat> interleukin-13 inhibits all inflammatory cytokine production. But it also induces IgG E secretion from B lymphocytes, which is continuation of the story, right? Now, what about Th1 cytokines? Th1 cytokines include interferon gamma, which has already been discussed. What does it do specifically, interferon gamma that is, that will enhance the microbiocidal function of macrophages, right? So that will function, that will control macrophage differentiation. It will also promote the differentiation of naive helper T cells to more Th1 cells. That means it will activate polymorphonuclear leukocytes, and it also will activate cytotoxic T lymphocytes, and in fact, natural killer cells. So interferon gamma is all wrapped up in that and is secreted by Th1 cells. <clears throat> IL-2 is also produced by Th1, very powerful cytokine. It promotes clonal expansion and development of T and B lymphocytes from that entire uh, lineage, lineage, lymphocytic lineage. It also induces the expression of adhesion molecules, which further aids in the processing of those cellular responses and it enhances the function of natural killer cells. So that's a very important component. Um, one more thing interleukin-2 does is regulate Treg cells, right? We talked about this, and we will much more in the future. Third kind of Th1 cytokine I want to talk about is IL-15. It induces the activation and the cytotoxicity of natural killer cells, okay? That's like IL-2. It'll activate macrophages, okay? That's very important. It will promote the proliferation and survival of both T and B lymphocytes and natural killer cells. This is definitely a pro-inflammatory response, as you can quite tell. Uh, now, interleukin-21 is the last of the Th1 cytokines I mentioned here today. There's more, but this is I'm just making this list short. It will potently regulate cellular-mediated immunity. It will direct cytotoxic T lymphocytes and, in fact, natural killer cell 
effect or activity in the clearance of tumors. So you see, this is a very potent pro-inflammatory uh, T cell lineage, Th1, whereas Th2 is more of a regulatory T cell lineage. That's one of its major jobs, okay? But also, Th2 uh, lineage will also work to clear and destroy infections, right? So there's two things going on. So Th1 cells will produce interferon gamma, interleukin-2, and tumor necrosis factor beta. They'll invoke a cell-mediated immunity and a phagocyte-dependent inflammation by activating um, macrophages. Th2 cells, on the other hand, produce IL-4, 5, 6, 9, 10, and 13. They'll evoke a very strong antibody response. So we think about Th2 cells, think about antibody-mediated immune uh, response. And among those antibodies will also make IgE, which, of course, are involved in uh, allergic responses, typically. You'll also get in conjunction with IgE, eosinophil activation, accumulation activation. Now, <laughs> those same cytokines I just went through will also inhibit several functions of phagocytic cells, particularly phagocyte-independent inflammation. Okay. Both environmental and genetic factors act in concert to determine which of those T cells are going to be polarized out, that is differentiated out from that NIACD4 positive lineage. Both environmental and genetic factors will act in concert in that Th1 versus Th2 polarization we've just been talking about. More to say on this, Th1 dominated responses are involved in the pathogenesis of organ-specific autoimmune diseases. Very, very important. Th1 are the autoimmune disease-associated T lymphocytes. Uh, we also get Crohn's disease, sarcoidosis, acute kidney allograft rejection, and some, I guess you'd call relatively unexplained recurrent spontaneous abortions all part of that Th1 response. Now, to contrast that, the allergen and, of course, the antibody-specific Th2 responses are responsible for what are known as atopic disorders in genetically susceptible individuals. So Th2-dominated responses play a pathogenic role in both progressive systemic sclerosis and cryptogenic fibrosing alveolitis. They also, TH2 that is, tend to favor a more rapid evolution, evolution of various viral infections toward full-blown disease. Finally, the TH1-TH2 paradigm can provide the basis for the development of potential vaccines. It's just another reason to consider the differentiation and utilization of these two T lymphocytes. Okay? And those the vaccines could be for infectious agents, but also for therapies of allergy and, in fact, of course, autoimmune disorders, as we've been saying. So main difference between Th1 and Th2 immune response is that Th1 immune response is pro-inflammatory and it will kill intracellular parasites and it will perpetuate even an autoimmune response when it goes over 
its normal response threshold. Whereas Th2 immune responses will promote directly IgE synthesis and secretion and the eosinophilic responses in atopic diseases. And that therefore it will produce an anti-inflammatory response, which can actually get be involved in destroying extracellular parasites, such as helminths. It does so because helminths tend not to be aggregated around the pro-inflammatory response, but more involved in the innate immune system, the detection of the parasites at the innate immune response level. So Th1 cytokines, the interferon gamma, while Th2 cytokines, we've already talked about, are in lupin 4, 5, 10, and 13. So again, the immune response itself, the cytokine-mediated immune response generated by Th1 cells against intracellular parasites such as bacteria and virus, all this is generated in Th1 cells. It's triggered by polarizing cytokine IL-12. It's mediated by interferon gamma and interleukin-2, and working through its receptors, of course, and the TNF-beta. You activate, okay, this is Th1 response. All this, again, I'm just recapping, activates macrophages as well as CD8-positive T cells, IgG B, beta uh, B cells, and the interferon gamma CD4-positive T cells, all the stuff we just discussed. So you get with Th1 a pro-inflammatory response and perpetuates even this autoimmune disposition. Again, Th1 acts against intracellular parasites, and those can include things like bacteria and virus, obviously. That type TH2 immune response is distinct in that you have a cytokine-mediated immune response. It's generated by these cells against large extracellular parasites like helminths, okay? <clears throat> it's triggered by the polarizing cytokines in a looking 4 and 2, it's mediated by IL-4, 5, 6, 10, and 13. Activates mast cells, which I didn't bring up a moment ago. Eosinophils, which I did, and dendritic cells, obviously. Those are professional APCs, right? Type, type 2, or, or excuse me, TH2 response also promotes IgE and eosinophilic responses. Uh, atopy and produces anti-inflammatory response in general. Acts against large extracellular parasites. This is the number one big issue, the TH2 response that you keep on seeing in the literature. Now, another thing to consider, we talked now about the cells, we talked about what they secrete, but what's going inside the, inside the cells besides the transcription, translation, processing and secretion of things like pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory cytokines? Well, you have a bioenergetic reprogramming. And that will be, now we're talking back about macrophages because they're intimately linked to T cells. Bioenergetic reprogramming is associated with the macrophage polarization. Of course, the inflammatory macrophage cell type is fueled by, yes, indeed, aerobic glycolysis. That means in the presence of oxygen, glycolysis functioning. And it can be triggered by lipopolysaccharide from bacteria with or without interferon gamma. Interferon gamma will exacerbate the response to LPS. Now, with the anti-inflammatory lineage IL-4, you induce the expression of PPAR gamma, 
which is transcription factor inside these macrophages. That in turn will transcriptionally activate via chromatin remodeling the urea cycle enzyme arginase 1. And will also transcriptionally uh, activate or cause the expression of all the beta oxidation uh, pathway enzymes. Uh, along with the electron transport chain, oxidative phosphorylation, gene products, all those are increasing the capability of indeed, what do you think, in these anti-inflammatory lineages, mitochondrial biogenesis. Now, to fuel the anti-inflammatory bioenergetics in liquid four, remember that's coming off a TH2 pathway, right? Will induce the expression of the cell surface protein called CD36, which acts as a membrane receptor for circulating, this is very interesting, low-density lipoprotein, very low-density lipoprotein, and what's going to be uh, serviced with uh, the docking of those lipoproteins to this anti-inflammatory macrophage type 2 is the delivery of triacylglycerol to fuel that whole mitochondrial pathway for beta-oxidation of fatty acids. So these cells, these M2 cells, are in the business of synthesizing large quantities of ketone bodies, right? We talked about this in the microglial neuronal interactions a few weeks ago, if you remember this. We'll get back into how aging is, uh, how aging suffers from a malfunction of these systems, okay? So other thing I want to say is the unloading of the triacylglycerol by picking up, by docking these lipoproteins through CD36, that receptor, on these M2 cells, <clears throat> you will get all that associated fatty acid beta oxidation. And that will then complete the anti-inflammatory polarization for these M2s. So now you understand how this stuff fits together, right? Now, why is this important for aging? Well, it's absolutely critical to understand that in the aging process, right, you're going to have an involvement of either excessive pro-inflammatory responses, overshooting their mark, causing an inflammation of a cellular bed that can then turn into a great deal of tissue necrosis, and that can lead to further induction of inflammation and cause entire tissues to degenerate. This can happen in the central nervous system or in the lung or in any solid organ or also in the blood itself, right? So that's one reason to be concerned about this, the, the overactivation. The other is the underactivation. It could be associated with the polarization to M2 uh, macrophages, which again is going to feed into the Th2 pathway for the acquired immune system at the lymphocytic level which is going to push more antibody production, specifically lineages of antibodies, right? Mostly IgE, but also some IgG will get made. So it's a long-term effects, also probably generating some memory B cells, which we talked about a couple of lectures ago. But beyond that, it also means you're going to get an immune suppression. So if aging, if you, you have an over-amplification immune response, which causes a great deal of tissue damage, which can't be repealed because there's a lack of feedback control, or you have an under-representation of the pro-inflammatory response, which can yield spontaneous infections. And those infections can sometimes bring down the entire immune system, either induce some flare-ups in certain tissue beds, causing hyperinflammation in some areas, 
auto-inflammatory responses and yet other diseases, which can become chronic and last through the end of life, or indeed prevent a good marshalling of the immune response to ward off what are normally relatively benign pathogens from taking over the system and then causing high levels of illness, morbidity, leading unto death, right? And that's another major component of the aging response. That's the key feature I want you to see here. Now, <clears throat> one more thing I'm going to bring up, and then I stop because of the time um, relevancy here. But you can see why I'm doing this now on the um, audio podcast, because a lot of material to cover. And if I put all this in all the video, it would take us months to get through it. So I want to bring back this classical mammalian target of rapamycin protein product involvement, the mTOR, it's called. Remember, this is an, a protein which is front and center for controlling anabolism in all cell lineages. Okay? <clears throat> now, within the other polar phenotype, pro-inflammatory, we call about with macrophages, mTOR responds to energy demands. So it involves increases in glycolysis, but also an anabolic program, right? Because it's pro-inflammatory. And that's going to be lipogenesis, not beta-oxidation. And of course, fueling uh, after lipogenesis is going to fuel also an increase in protein synthesis or protein translation. So these are going to be glycolytic, but they're going to be anabolic. You're going to make more membrane and you're going to synthesize a lot more polypeptide, which means you're really queuing up for these cells that carry out a major function. And that function is going to be the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines and response to pro-inflammatory cytokines, growth factors, et cetera, acting in paracrine or autocrine fashion. Uh, and, and the paracrine from T cells, the autocrine from the macrophages themselves. So mTOR activation has been linked to metabolic reprogramming in both this macrophage polarization and in general in the innate immune cell activation responses. So we know this for a fact. So mTORC1, that's one of the complexes, you have two of them, it will promote cholesterol and fatty acid synthesis through a pathway involving, I mentioned before, PPAR gamma. That's peroxidant proliferator activated receptor gamma. It will also work through the sterile regulatory element binding proteins one and two. Those are the SREBPs one and two. Those all mediate at the transcriptional level via chromatin remodeling, remember, finding their elements in the DNA. These are going to be proteins, transcription factors, right? That is PPR gamma and SREBP are transcription factors. They will mediate the expression of enzymes involved, of course, in, yeah, lipid and cholesterol metabolism, right? Anabolic. When active, then, the mTORC1 triggers cell growth, cell proliferation, and it does so by promoting active protein synthesis. That is an induction of all of the factors necessary for ribosomal machinery and for, indeed, endoplasmic reticulum-mediated uh, ribosomal machinery to carry out excessive protein translation. The reason I brought up the ER is because the ER is going to be contributing then to the glycoprotein synthesis, which are going to become the secreted pro-inflammatory cytokines. 
So this is all about anabolism, pro-anabolism. And what it's also going to do is shut down any potentiation of autophagy in these M1 cells. So mTORC inhibition now, when you inhibit it, in addition to reducing protein synthesis, is going to obviously crater down the deep, and deeply turn down gene transcription. So you're going to get less lipogenesis, less protein synthesis at the translation level through the ribosome machinery uh, assemblage and, and activation. But you're also going to get less transcription. So you're not going to get transcription, translation, or lipogenesis from new membrane synthesis. So that means a whole now tuning off or turning down when you hit mTORC with rapamycin, for example, which you can hit with that drug. Um, you're going to turn down the entire ability for that cell, not only to carry out anabolic functions, but also to carry out a potential cell division, right? Which, of course, will then duplicate and magnify any activity that cell lineage was involved in. So you get the idea now how bioenergetics is playing a role here, how signaling is playing a role, and how both the innate and the immune response work together. And I haven't even talked about what kinds of antigens are presenting yet, right? But remember, this is all within a backdrop of the aging human where these functions start to degenerate. Throughout life, exacerbated by lifestyle effects like um, pro-inflammatory conditions associated with obesity, for example, at younger ages. Anyways, I'll stop here because I'm out of time. This is Dr. Dan Guerra from Authentic Biochemistry on the 18th of September, 2021. In fact, it's Sunday morning here, Pacific Northwest. Remember, I do this because I have nothing better to do, and my sign-off signature will always be bye for now.